1: People of Earth, attention. This is the
2: Mutual Audio Network.
3: The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17.
1: The following audio presentation may contain mature language, situations, and violence.
4: Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Edict Zero FIS.
5: I'm above my arm? I still can't feel it, at all.
4: Your arm? Nick? He lost his primary arm. They had to remove it at the scene. Might well be a career killer.
6: It will not be easy. There will be many changes, but you can overcome this. It's
5: like you always used to say. Everything changes.
4: Your Special Investigative Unit, now appointed code SIU415-8, will have an office on the second floor of the HQ. When something feels wrong about Zern. I can't put my finger on it. You said the same to me once about his father, Governor Douglas Zern.
7: Or Governor as he was back then, now it's Senator of course. Mr. Cook, didn't look much better. His face looked dried, cracked. I swear, it looked ready to
5: fall apart. That in his efforts to disrupt our physics, he has done the same to his own. He will lose cohesion.
8: His teleportation device?
3: One which introduces these troublesome physics, not ours.
5: Made for a messy outcome.
0: Creek, Western Mainland. 3883 Halstead Road. Wednesday, January 7th, 2415. Time, 11-11 p.m.
4: This used to be you. How did you end on the street? You mark
9: the
10: cap right now. You know what that means? You have to get up to school in seven hours. You get back to that bed. Ooh. I want to hear it. <clears throat> Off to bed right
9: now, or I'm gonna get your father. Sir, boy, I've been slinking around up there again.
10: I send him back to bed.
9: You know we wouldn't have to worry about whether little Johnny's sneaking around up there. We get one of them damn home management systems like damn near everybody else. You
10: know I don't like those things. They're creepy. Never in my house.
9: Now, who can who that? Who has it? that at this time of night?
10: Richard. Someone is. Will you get up and... I hear, I hear. God
9: pound it off. What the hell's going on? Hey! Hey! Knock it off! I'm coming. I'm coming. Calm it down. <gasps> Stop. You're going to break the damn window. Damn it, Daryl.
10: You're having a crazy lover's fare. <laughs> Kindly leave us out of
9: My it. My God.
10: Is that Daryl? God, he's bleeding.
9: Call the police. Have him get someone out here.
10: What are you doing? Where are you going? I'm getting the bat.
9: Going outside to
10: see what's oh, what. No, don't do that. Stay in here.
9: I may not like the kid much, but if he's out there being hurt by somebody, I ain't gonna stand here and let him be killed. While we're waiting for Sheriff Toomey to find his damn pants in a piss drunk haze, do what I say and call. You... Be careful. Daryl! Daryl, where'd you go? This better not be some kind of joke. Pound around my house at 11 on the damn PM. You out here! Daryl! Daryl! Daryl, where in the name of? Oh God! Oh god! What the hell? Huh? Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Are listening to Edict Zero and by us, the science fiction audio drama series, starring James Keller, Julie Hoperson, Phil Rossi, Tanya Milojevic, Russell Gould, Gwendolyn Jensen wooder Reese Torres Miller, Jennifer Dixon, and creator Jack Kincaid.
0: Capital City. FIS Headquarters. Fourth Floor. Office of Deputy Director Rachel Church. Thursday, January 8, 2415. Time, 10.35 a.m.
2: I won't be making the memorial services today for the fallen of the TU 9, so I hope you will extend my regards and condolences to the unit today. I've been told that Commander John Braddock has relinquished his command due to an injury.
4: Yes to Tactical Agent Malcolm Hubbs. He would only accept the title of Temporary Acting Commander until Agent Braddock can return to service. There is a loyalty in our Tactical Division every bit as strong as in the Federal Security Forces.
2: So, back to the matter of this report. We are satisfied that Sigmund Bryce and his extremist cell have been neutralized, but not that the threat to the public has passed.
4: Agreed. There are disturbing implications. The unit continues its work. They returned from West Island yesterday morning at my behest. Save for Agent Garrett, who had a few leads that he wished to explore.
2: The report that you submitted to me is alarmingly ambiguous on several key points. Do you have an explanation for this?
4: The ambiguity illustrates why the investigation must continue. It was only days ago that you expressed praise for this unit. And now... I sense doubts. I'm not sure what to read from this.
2: I have no doubts, but I do have expectations. In future reports, I expect clarity that this report did not provide.
4: I understand. I will advise the unit.
2: Good. If we're going to afford them precious real estate in this building, they're going to earn it.
0: Second floor, Office of Special Investigative Unit 415-8. No,
8: my name and CID aren't going to be helpful. The space was rented under an There's alias. Under Sir, I'm a federal agent. My name is Benjamin Zurn. The name on the account would have been Miles Bradford created in 08. No, I don't have the receipt number anymore. Listen, it was paid with cash upfront for 10 years. Exactly how many storage units you have would you. Have to... Sure, I'll hold. I have nothing better to do.
7: Jules, how many times are you going to reposition that desk?
11: I can't stand this office space. Why did we have to be in the middle of the building?
7: No windows. I remember how much you liked them.
11: I feel like I can't breathe in here. I feel tense in here.
7: It's obvious what you need to do. You need to get a fish tank.
11: Why would I do that?
7: Because you know it calms you. And it's something to look at.
8: Hmm. You're going to put fish in here? Do
11: you have a problem with that?
8: (sighs) They're depressing to watch. Nature didn't intend for them to be so restricted. Trapped in a little tank for all their lives. Imprisoned.
7: Well, Zern. When the fancy new desk you're ordering comes in, you can face it toward the
8: wall. Fancy desk? What are you talking about? I thought that's what I saw on your screen. I'm looking at furniture for my apartment down the street.
7: Down the street? Downtown?
11: In downtown Capital City? Whew, I shudder to think what you'll be paying for rent.
8: It's not that bad. But it's going to be hard at first if I have to buy everything new. I might just have to do that. How come? I kept my belongings in the wrong storage facility. They can't find the account I created, and I don't have the receipt code. How long have you had stuff in storage? Too long, apparently. That reminds me.
7: I need to look for a place in the mainland, unless I want to commute all the way from New Chicago or continue roughing it in a motel room. I've had enough of that.
11: Ah, and guess who it is. Finally. Who? Oh. Hello, Agent Garrett.
1: I tried to call Agent Briggs twice, but he's not answering. Is he with
7: you?
11: He's right here at the office with Zern and I.
7: He's asking for me?
11: Put me on speaker. He said that he tried to call you. Check your ringer. Hello.
7: Oops, I might have messed it up when I reprogrammed it.
11: Okay, you're on speaker, and I hope you're not in West Island still. Doc Stater was not happy that you weren't here yesterday.
1: I wasn't finished looking over the scenes and interviewing potential witnesses, even when I left a few hours ago.
8: I'll have to go back. I'm pretty sure we talked to just about everybody there was to talk to there.
2: Hmm.
11: Where's Agent Resnick? She's attending all the memorial services today. Briggs and I just came back from one not too long ago.
7: We have things to go over, Garrett. How soon will you be here?
11: I have no idea because I'm not headed there right now. What do
1: you mean? Where are you? I'm in the southwest mainland. And I... Village you Joshua. Shit, I took a wrong turn somewhere.
8: Damn. Have you ever considered trying that GPS thing? Yes, but it's always trawled by my sense of adventure.
11: What are you doing there?
1: I'm headed to a town called Cormac. It's a rural town near Forbes and Penley Creek. I need you out there, Briggs. You need to come to Cormac.
5: What for?
7: What the hell's in Cormac?
1: Everything a city boy adores. Woods, rolling hills, cornfields. Oh, and there's a body the police turned up this morning. Well, parts of one, anyway. I need you here to confirm the ID ASAP. You need to leave now.
8: Parts of a body?
1: Whose body?
8: Why me? Why can
7: I make the ID?
1: Because you're the only one of us who saw Mr. Cook.
0: Cormac. Mainland. Sheriff's Station. Cellar. Time, 11.35 a.m.
1: Thanks for the coffee, and I thank you for meeting with me,
5: Sheriff Toomey. Though, I really wish you hadn't moved the remains from where you found them. That's Toomey. With an M-E. Right this way. Watch your step. Interesting. Are those old deep flyers in the corner? Oh, you betcha. I fire them up now and then and cook up some lunch. This building used to be a restaurant. We had a hell of a time getting the pizza oven out of the main floor when the town bought the place for the sheriff's office. Should have kept that mama too. (laughs) This way, Agent, we got a window of clear plastic on our body baggie that'll give you a look at the hellish mug on this one. You use a walk-in fridge as your morgue now. Well, we're resourceful around these parts, ain't we? We don't get many travelers here. Those we do don't stay for long. This here is just a way station. The state eggs ought to be here in an hour or two to pick them up. I'd like to hold the remains here until another agent gets here
1: to confirm his... There are pies in here. You have... pies in here.
5: Yeah, good pies. I like pie. That's not a
1: bad response, actually.
5: Good pies. I like pie. Good pies. Well, I, like pies. I figure if any of the folks we bring in here get a hankering for lemon meringue, I got much bigger problems than I'm paid to deal with. <laughs> I'll be packing my bags about there. You found the remains in a junkyard, you said? In, in a place out by the town line of Penley Creek. Like they fell out of the sky. Kinda like you, Agent. Barely ten minutes had gone by between the time I whipped up a report and my phone was ringing with you on the other end. Your
1: report triggered a script of mine. It searches law enforcement databases for keywords or phrases. In this
5: case, it had to do with missing eyes. Well, he's missing a lot more in his papers, as you see. His skin don't look right either. Even for a corpse, it don't look right. I hope you don't mind if I unzip this for a minute. Oh, I think we'll both mind. We estimate this guy was laying out there since Sunday. He smells it too. Smells so bad, you'd think even the bugs would let this one be. He smells bad to us because of biology.
1: Bugs? I'm sure he smells wonderful. Irresistible. Tastes quite yummy, too.
5: Oh, you're one of those wacky bug guys, ain't you?
1: No. I'm one of those... ...perspective guys. These are all the fragments of them you could find.
5: What you see is what you get. We thought at first some animals got to him. Somebody had cut him up, but no sign of anything like that. It's like the man fell apart at the joints. We figure we're missing most of his bottom half. Chunk of his head. One arm. Well, from the shoulder to the wrist. We've got the hand of that one. Gripping some kind of lever or handle.
1: I see that. It was connected to something. I wonder...
5: I don't know. You ought to be taking pictures of this. That was me lying there looking like a rotten overcooked turkey that fell apart. I think I'd haunt you for the disrespect.
1: The dead don't desire respect, which is probably why we give them so much of it. The living adore the dead. That's because we care the most when it's too late or it doesn't count. We're wonderful creatures like that.
5: Well, if you say so. Oh, I know so. So,
1: how about that junkyard?
0: Photos and sons auto-salvage and recycle. Wrecking Yard.
5: Well, glad to meet you, Special Agent Briggs. You said you're Special Agent Kercher, was it? Jules Kircher. Well, Jules Kercher. You make three. Exactly three F.I.S. agents I met my whole damn life. Life don't get too exciting here. Till yesterday, that is. Been real odd since then, though. Real odd. You didn't find anything else unusual
1: around the remains? Any strange-looking devices? Anything out of the ordinary?
7: No. The remains are no longer here, you said? That's right. Got them in a mold room back at the office. I took pictures.
1: Here. For now. Take a look.
7: Garrett. That's a squirrel. What?
1: So I like squirrels. Don't judge me. There. Advance from that one.
7: Oh boy. Not pretty.
1: And it wasn't a squirrel, by the way. It
7: was a woodchuck. It was a rodent chubby bastard rodent
11: how much farther sheriff
7: almost there the face does look like cooks I wish it were more clear though you didn't say the remains were translucent really this is seriously seriously weird show me what you mean
11: let me see too look at that it's like it's there but not there At the same time. Mm, Mr. Cook didn't appear to cameras, so now... Right.
5: Maybe because he's
1: dead, the effect is deleted.
11: Interesting.
5: Looks to me like you got a problem with your phone cam there.
1: Actually, it's a positive ID and
7: some nifty evidence, too. So much for his remains being
5: recovered by the DOS. (gasps) The DOS lied to us? (gasps) I'm shocked. Anyhow, this here's a spot. My deputy found the remains here on the bed of this junked up hover truck that's been sitting here for 20 something years. Out in the open. Yeah, whoever left this for us didn't give a care about discovery, being in plain view beside the main path here. They cared just enough to do it while the owner and sons were on vacation, probably so they'd be far away when the find was made. Curious thing though. There's a thousand places somebody could have hidden a body on this scrap farm. Instead, they went and they chucked it here.
1: Oh, I don't think anyone left the
5: remains here, exactly. And parts of bodies don't usually drop out of thin air, do they? Not usually.
11: Stranger things have happened. No. Go on, shoot!
7: Those are some big wasps.
11: Ah,
1: red stripes. I saw them all the time growing up. In fact, that was the name of my high school's baseball team. The Carter Wood Red Stripes. Good memories for someone, I'm sure.
11: You played baseball in high school? No, Braddock did. I did do track.
1: Does
5: that count for something? Don't get them wasps riled. We've had some swarm attacks recently. These baddies here have been mighty unhappy since we evicted them this morning. They had built themselves a hell of a nest in the cab of this junk truck. was them that first got my deputy's attention before he found the body.
11: Your deputy was the one who discovered the remains?
5: Yeah, Morris. He got a few stems from these nasties this morning, and I told him to get them checked out. Huh. Well, that could be a heck of a coincidence, come to think of it. Was wondering why I had Morris come up here. Hadn't thought of that till now. What could be a coincidence? Had a bizarre tragedy last night in Penley Creek, out on Halstead Road. It was after 11 p.m. that a freak swarm did a number on a few men a plumber named Richie Zegfield and a neighbor down the way, Daryl Jernis, who died on the way to Forbes Hospital. I didn't think bees were active during the night. Well, we ain't heard back from Forbes yet, but wouldn't it be something if we come to find out it wasn't bees at all, but these red stripes?
1: You had two major deviances from routine occurrence in a short time frame. It's natural for you to try to link them.
5: Oh, there's more. See, when I went to the Jernis' house, I found the door open, the place trashed, and signs of a struggle. Maybe with his roommate, Neil Practor, who's gone missing. We tracked his car with a warrant for his link record, found it abandoned. Also saw in the record that it was parked out here. Out here, near the gate, for several hours on Tuesday night. That's why I sent Morris in for a look around to see what they might have been up to. How does a swarm of angry
7: wasps fit with all that? it should be interesting to find out.
0: North of Capital City, Mainland. United Federation Medical Center. Harborview Facility. Orthopedics. Recovery Ward 3. Room of Patient John Braddock.
4: The hell with it. I, c- I can't help you if you don't follow the program, Mr. I have been poked, prodded, and wired up enough for one day. And if I have to sit here for one more hour playing the let's pretend my arm is still freaking there game while I try to make colors appear on your damn screen, I'm going to totally lose it. You understand?
6: Doctor, can you give us a minute? I'll talk to him.
5: (sighs) Fifteen minutes and I'll be back.
6: Stop being an asshole. (laughs) They think you are a good candidate for the bionic replacement, but they cannot configure the biosensors properly. Maybe
9: I don't want a damn toaster
4: fused to what's left of my arm.
6: So you would rather have a stump and no career? Forget ever commanding again? Mm -hmm. Not only that, forget any future in the FIS. No agent is permitted such a handicap, and you know it.
4: So I got dealt a shitty hand. What else is new?
6: Do not sit there and fit yourself, or I will leave.
1: So go. There's the door. I didn't ask you here. It's Agent Garrett. You need to check your inbox. I... Was that Braddock I heard in the background?
6: I will be back to the office shortly, what Mm, do you- Of course
1: you would know each other. Tactical commanders. Why didn't I think of that?
6: What do you need?
1: Interesting. You confirm by not correcting me and then promptly avoid the subject. (gasps) Must be serious.
6: I thought he could use a friend. But I guess I was wrong. So, why don't you visit him?
1: Hmm. Ouch. Harsh. Very harsh.
6: I asked what you needed from me.
1: I need you to do your job if that's not too much trouble. I want everything you can find out about two men. Daryl Hugh Jurnis and Neil Thomas Proctor. They have a residence in a country town named Penley Creek. I'm standing in their living room right now.
6: Should I come down there?
1: That's not necessary and you'll get more done there. Besides, I prefer you keep an eye on Zern. He opted to remain behind and work the conspiracy angles harder.
6: That is his expertise. He needs no babysitting.
1: Daryl Jurnis... Neopractor. Get on that soon, please.
6: I will, but what do these two men have to do with Mr. Cook? And did you confirm that the remains are his?
1: They are his, but something else is going on here that's connected. It involves these two men. See what you can dig up on them.
0: Cormick Mainland. Sheriff's Station. That will have to suffice, sir.
5: Of the big black caravans. Well, I was kind of wondering the same. Looked shiny and new like they drove off a show floor, didn't they? More than a died out of place. Ah, there's my new deputy, Deputy Morris.
3: Oh hey, hey there sheriff.
5: <laughs> you Stop your that. stuttering sputtering? You're in the company of the FIS. This here is Agent Briggs, bonafide fide honest to Freddy F.I.S.H. Well, then m- m- maybe, m- maybe this living crocodile can explain what happened. See, they wouldn't let me call you, and, and they
3: wouldn't let me so much as people fought till they were done, and who? and uh, the, 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 those two
7: Edict two who took the body from the mall. Edict two, did they show badges or other ID? It,
3: it, it all happened so fast. He, he said something about B.E.O.
7: B.E.O. B.E.O. Bureau of Emergency Oversight. Must have been DOS. Can they do that? Just pull something right out from under you? Yeah, as Edict 2, they can. It didn't used to happen a lot in practice. Times have changed, I guess.
5: Well, what kind of who is that? I'm sorry about this, Agent. They also took the table
3: and the shelves in the mall and the pies, too. What? Not
2: the pies?
7: Uh pies
0: forms hospital critical care unit two family waiting room b
10: and then all of a sudden daryl is pounding on the house like a crazy person and screaming for help when i saw him through the window his eyes were so wide so terrified It scared me to death. According
11: to the statement you gave last night, Daryl Jernus was also bleeding and bruised, as if he had been in an altercation.
10: I thought someone hurt him, beat him up. Richard and I both did. We didn't see anything that would have made us think of bees, for goodness sakes. Or wasps. They were wasps, right?
11: Yes, red stripes. They're known to be aggressive, though not to this extreme. You're sure that Daryl looked physically injured before he succumbed to the swarm? Yes.
10: That's why Richard went out. He thought there might be an attacker outside who would hurt Daryl worse. Just because Richard had problems with Daryl and Neil being, you know, doesn't mean that he would wish harm on them. What problems did you have with them in the past? I got along with them fine. Richard didn't. Most of the problems were with Neil. They would glare and throw insults across the street. Maybe there was more that I didn't see, but there was never anything like that with Daryl. Daryl was shy, soft-spoken. Do you know if Neil
11: was home last night?
10: Their car wasn't there and the house was dark, but I swear I failed. Someone staring from the porch. It could have been him. The feeling was just for a moment. So much was going on.
11: This was when you ran out to your husband?
10: I heard him yelling in pain. I didn't even think. I just ran outside to him. That was probably a stupid thing to do, I know.
11: It was a brave thing.
10: Those wasps were flying everywhere. There had to be hundreds of those things. The awful sound they made seemed to fill the world. I probably shouldn't have done that. They could have attacked me too, just as bad or worse. They told me that Richard was stung over a hundred times. I wasn't stung once.
0: Pangley Creek, mainland. 3887 Halstead Road. Residents of Daryl Jurness and Neopractor. <sighs>
1: you would have a record of the struggle here.
0: I
3: understand the nature of your aggravation, Edict 3FIS Special Agent Nick Garrett. I, too, seek nourishment from data. I can fathom no desire more wholesome and no frustration greater than having the desired data withheld. With it is unfortunate that I must deny your requests, pending my receipt of a properly issued court ordered information warrant or law enforcement directive. I have trouble
1: believing that Sheriff Toomey didn't already take those steps to question you.
3: What you believe is not relevant. What I know is. Technophobia is a phenomenon more prevalent in rural regions such as this. This may explain why Sheriff Andrew Toomey expressed no interest in the resident manager system yours truly Stanley. HMS
6: version
1: 73.4. Tell me something I don't know. What? Like what's going on between you and Braddock?
6: The warrant for the home manager system just went out to Zenis.
1: You're right, that information is probably more relevant.
6: The HMS should be notified soon.
1: While we're waiting for that, tell me what you found out about Neil Neopractor and Daryl Jernis. Start with who owns the house? Some things I see don't add up.
6: The house is in both of their names. It has been since 2412 when they were legally conjoined.
1: They were also romantically involved, judging from the photos I see shuffling in the digital frames I found in the mess here. Neo-Practor looks tense in most of these photos, while Daryl Jurnis looks relaxed. Strike that. His body language speaks of compliance, and yet Practor is vigilant of any signs of lost dominance. They're equally insecure, but in different ways.
6: Everyone is insecure about something. Do you want to know what I found out or not?
1: Prior to being conjoined, Daryl Jurnus owned the house, right?
6: Yes. He inherited it from an aunt.
1: Giving Praktor co-ownership was not necessary. It's absurdly generous. I wonder if Praktor exploited his dependent personality and insisted on it. No. Jurnus kept his surname, so it might have been Jurnus who insisted hoping it would be interpreted as proof of love. To his mind, it brought extra insurance against being abandoned in the future. That washes better. Should
6: I mail you the details?
1: Hmm. We already know there was an altercation here last night, during which Jurnus sustained blunt trauma. What about before last night? Did Practor have any past record, say, for assault?
6: No, but there are witnesses to his disposition, and his relationship with Daryl Jurnus was troubled. The neighbor across the street was questioned.
1: Richard Zigfield. I thought he was in serious condition from the bee stings and not coherent.
6: That is still true, but the stings did not come from bees. They were confirmed as a species of wasp. Red stripes.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. It links.
6: It was Cindy Ziegford, the wife, that Agent Kircher questioned at the hospital. She spoke of Neil Prector having a temper.
1: One he took out on Daryl last night, and now Daryl is dead, except he wasn't killed by Neil. He was killed by wasps. At night, in which would seem to be a freak coinciding event, except the wasps connect back to the junkyard.
6: They were both charged with trespassing in the past at another scrapyard, suspected of theft of vehicle parts for resale. They were given fines and warnings. I could request access for the transcripts.
1: No need. They were looking for parts, but not to sell or pawn off. At least one of them is an artist, whose works are scattered through the house. I'd say the artist is Daryl Jurnis. If I'm interpreting the pieces right, that can be tricky.
6: I will send you everything I have. Sending right now.
1: Wait a minute. You talked to Agent Kircher?
6: Yes. She called me earlier as she was leaving the hospital.
1: Hmm. But she didn't call me. I suspect she's upset with me.
6: Not everything is about you.
1: You have displaced frustration. Do you want to talk about it?
6: She was on her way to meet with the local sheriff and Briggs. That was over 20 minutes or so ago. By now, now That's I...
1: Briggs calling now. Send everything to my inbox. Hello, Briggs. Did you confirm the idea of the
7: remains? I'm sure from your pictures that it was him, but I didn't get to see the remains. They were gone when I got there. Gone? Taken by the DOS, I'm pretty sure.
1: Then it was almost certainly Mr. Cook. That reinforces the idea.
7: They cleaned the morgue room right out.
1: Really? Did they take the pies? Pies? Oh, I'm on speaker. Uh, hello, Agent Kircher.
7: You're seriously asking about the damn pies? Yes, they were gone too. And what's with that anyway? Who the hell
1: keeps The sheriff pies? likes pie. But really? The pies were taken? Not moved or discarded somewhere nearby, but actually taken?
7: Apparently. Why? It's interesting.
1: So, where are you now?
7: Jules and I are a few blocks away. Yet, I think we just passed your rental car. What? How can that be?
11: But, this isn't the right road.
1: I parked far from the house in case Neil Proctor was missing by choice. If he decided to sneak a visit back home, spotting an unfamiliar car on the street could spook him.
11: You think he will try to come back?
1: Before I analyzed the scene, I considered it as a possibility. Now, I'm sure he will, so use some discretion. If the back door weren't blocked off, I would tell you to enter the house through there, but you'll have to use the front.
7: If he's around and spots anything out of the ordinary, he may abort. We should keep
1: the area as quiet
7: as possible.
11: Uh, It doesn't look quiet to me.
7: I may already be too late. There are people walking around out here with instruments of some kind. Gray uniforms? There are?
1: What kind of instruments? Who are they?
7: That's an odd cruiser. The lettering on the door says... Mainland State...
11: What? Department of Agriculture. They would have been notified of the wasp attack. They must be looking for colonies.
1: They won't find anything. Not out here.
7: We're almost there, Garrett. See you soon.
1: I'll come out in a minute.
7: Jules, is everything alright with you?
11: It won't be if you keep asking me that.
7: Okay, and then I'll stop. I'm just... Here, you know? I know. Jules, see him? Hooded jacket.
11: The man that just walked out from the side yard? Yes. And I see his heightened vigilance.
7: He motioned toward the front door of the house until he looked this way. Now he's making like he meant to keep walking. He looks about the right height for Neil Practor, who's short.
11: I'm gonna pull up to the next house ahead of him. We'll see how he reacts when I do that, and then when we get out.
7: That ought to do the trick, and we'll have him from two angles. Garrett will be coming out any second. This guy turns on his heels and sees his return path cut off by another possible threat. It will cause him to tense. Garrett will read that instantly.
11: I think he'll do more than tense. He will panic and try to bolt.
7: We'll see. I call dibs on doing the talking. Hey. How's it going, man? Who? Me? Yeah, there's no one else out here. Say, do you know what's going on down the road there? Do you live around here by chance?
3: No, no, I have no idea. Sorry.
7: <laughs> you
3: don't know where you live? No, no, no I mean, I, I I don't know who that is down the street or what they're doing. I don't live anywhere near here. I'm just passing through, heading to downtown,
7: hiking. Penley Creek has a downtown? No shit. Where's that? It's a wave. Good, l- good luck. Oh, you're not coming this way now?
3: I, got, I gotta... I, I gotta get... Uh, I'm late for
1: something. See ya. Hi there, Mr. Practor. I, I almost didn't recognize you from your photos. And wow, you take a lot of photos of yourself. What? No. I, 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 I think that you made some kind I of... I expected uh, you to be much bigger, you know? Like your photos. Well, that is why you set the tripod so low to the floor and angle it up at yourself, right? To make yourself look bigger? So who are, who just, are you? Look, I, I, uh, I, I... Who are we? We're FIS.
11: Whatever you're reaching for in your jacket stays in the jacket. Slowly bring your hands out so they're visible and raise them to the sides away Please. from your body. Please,
1: leave me alone.
7: We just want to know what happened last night, Mr. Practor. That's right. We only
1: want to talk. What happened between you and your partner, Daryl Jurnis, last night? <laughs> I got out of
3: hand.
7: <laughs> I didn't mean...
3: Everything got so crazy.
11: He just, he just made me I so still don't see those hands.
7: Take your hands out of
1: the jacket, Mr. Practor. Don't worry, you're not being charged with assault or murder or anything like that
3: murder. now. Murder? What, what, what do you mean, murder?
1: What do you mean, what do I mean? You mean, you don't know? What, do you,
3: what are you saying? Are you Oh no, oh no, Daryl's dead. He's dead. Please, don't tell me.
1: He didn't die from the injuries you gave him, if that's what you're worried about. Uh. Agent Garrett. He was killed by wasps. The same kind of wasps from the junkyard. You were there Tuesday night to find new pieces for Daryl's artwork. Did you have an encounter with wasps?
7: I still don't see those hands, Mr. Practor. Take them out. Don't make us stun you. We don't want to have to do that.
3: (laughs) I wish we never went to that stupid wrecking yard. I wish I never saw that thing. I shouldn't have taken it. What did you take? Not after seeing the. Oh god. This dead. This is somebody
7: dead. Your hands. I won't ask again. Okay.
3: Okay. I don't. I don't have any weapons. Just don't touch me, okay? Just don't. I said don't touch you me! You
1: saw a dead body and you took something? What did you take? I said, don't
9: touch me!
7: Calm down. Count Get to three. Your hands off of me. Calm down.
9: I told you not to touch me! I told you that!
3: Oh, oh
7: god.
9: Oh god. It's too late. It's too late. I told you. I warned you. You don't understand! You have to let me go! You're not
7: going anywhere.
11: Uh, what is that? What's that sound?
7: Is that. Is that what I think it is? That's not...
11: Oh!
1: Wow. How cool is
7: that? Briggs, let go of him!
1: I told you!
7: Let him go now! I told
9: you to
1: leave me
7: alone! Holy shit.
1: Run back to the car!
7: Get! Ah. Oh, right now! Run to the car! They're coming! They're coming! Wait. What the hell? I thought he was going in the house. Garrett! What are you doing? Jules, get in the car. There's no time. Get in the goddamn car. Shit, I'm about to have
1: a problem with you guys, aren't I? Well, this should be interesting. Hmm, even wasps reject me. I'm okay with that too. Interesting indeed. Garrett? Yep, I presume you and Briggs are okay in there?
7: You made it in the house?
1: Oh no, I'm still standing right where I was. I know you probably can't see with all the wasps covering the car windows, but listen, I have a theory. Neil Proctor controls the wasps somehow.
7: You think? Did you think to chase after Proctor? He got
1: away. Oh, no, I didn't think of that. I was distracted. This time the distraction was caused by a few thousand angry wasps. Could happen to anybody, really. Wow, they're gone. I think that's all of them.
11: We know, Garrett. We're still right here in the car.
1: Yes, I see you. I'm still here, too. Look. Now I'm waving at you. Do You see the guy waving? That's me.
0: <sighs> Capital City. FIF headquarters. Second floor. Office of Special Investigative Unit 415-8.
8: Zern.
10: Good evening. This is Benjamin Zern. Special Agent Benjamin Zern.
8: Can... Can I help you?
10: First, I need you to confirm that you are Benjamin Spender Zern.
8: Who is this?
10: My name is Elizabeth Baxton. I'm an assistant for the office of Senator Douglas Zern.
8: How did you get this number? Never mind. That's a stupid question. What do you... (sighs) What does he want?
10: Your father wishes to see you. He has instructed me to establish contact and schedule a father and son lunch, or perhaps a supper if that would be more to your preference. well that's very
8: unfortunate for both of you.
10: Please, Mr. Zern, I believe the Senator means well when he says that he would like to work things out with you.
8: You believe that he means well? You haven't worked for very long, have you? The time for working things out is long past. I'm not interested. Should not call this number again.
6: Is there a problem?
8: No, in fact, there's nothing at all. What's up?
6: I have the team on the phone. I'm going to put them on speaker.
8: Okay. Hey.
6: Go ahead.
1: Hello, Agent Zern. So, I hear that you identify with Aquatic Life in captivity. That's interesting stuff.
8: Hello, Agent Garrett.
6: Are you still at the residence?
7: Yes, we are. We want to keep you both in the loop with what's going on. We just had one hell of an event. Leads us to believe that Neil Proctor has weaponized a swarm of wasps that killed Daryl Jennings and almost killed the neighbors across the street.
8: (laughs) Weaponized wasps?
6: How's this possible?
1: Weaponized. Weaponized. I don't know if I like the word weaponized. It suggests that Neil Proctor not only modified them somehow, but did it consciously.
7: And with willful intent to do harm. I don't think any of that is true. Yet you still think he controls them. How does that work exactly? He warned us before the wasps showed up. Obviously, that's what he was threatening us with.
11: Warned us, yes. Threatened us, not exactly. I thought the way that he tried to plead with us was odd. I also thought his reaction to the news that Daryl died was genuine. He didn't know. That grief was real.
8: The presence of the wasps in that area was already established by the attack a day ago, so the wasps being there isn't unusual. So this is about timing?
11: Could the timing have been a coincidence? I doubt it. Also, they focused on one target. Last night it was Daryl Jernis and then Richard Zigfield, But not his wife, who rushed to his aid. She wasn't stung. Today they charged at Briggs and ignored Agent Garrett, except as an obstacle to fly around.
7: Speaking of that, Garrett, why the hell didn't you run or take cover?
1: Well, I forgot I was there until the last second, actually.
11: You forgot you were there.
1: I didn't see me there.
11: Out of sight, out of mind. Out of your mind, yes, I'll buy that.
7: Hold on. Jules, you said they were after me, not us. You think they were after me?
11: I think you crossed a red line when you grabbed Neil Practor.
7: We weren't negotiating.
11: I think she meant that in the context of emotional
1: limitation, in his case, an anger management context, you activated a trigger for his temper. You pushed him beyond his ability to cope, and as a defense mechanism,
11: he... I don't understand.
6: Defense. You have Neil Factor in custody? External. No. Defense mechanism.
7: He escaped in the chaos caused by the Wasps.
11: What if the part of him that controls the Wasps is unstable? His history, his behavior, and the state of this house... It all points to serious emotional dysregulation. Emotional cues summon the wasps. Summon may be an appropriate word,
1: actually. Think of the hexgate disc.
7: We know that Mr. Cook had it. I remember him taking it from the hidden chamber. Oh, I see where you're going with this. What you don't
1: remember is what happened to Mr. Cook, but now we know that he teleported. We also know that something went wrong because pieces of him ended up in Cormac. Where? in the junkyard that Jernus and Practor visited Tuesday night.
7: Uh, They came across Cook's remains. Didn't Practor say something about seeing a dead body when you were pushing him and he was rambling?
11: He did. He also said that he took
1: something that he wished he hadn't. I saw a hand of Mr. Cook's gripping part of some broken device. That was probably a teleportation artifact. What I think Practor took was the hexgate disc, which had teleported with Cook.
6: You based this
1: on what? The wasps are protecting him. They're doing his bidding, even if it's his unconscious bidding, they're an extension of him.
8: The Hexgate disk is supposed to conjure creatures from somewhere else, foreign creatures. The wasps don't fit.
11: Zern has a point, and the wasps were already there.
7: According to the Sheriff, that nest was so big that they had to have been building it in that old truck for months. Maybe if the Hexgate disk didn't weaponize the wasps, but a conjure- Now you're reaching.
11: Remember how the DOS removed sections of the artifact chamber in Sunset Bay?
1: Yes. I presume the briefcase artifact left behind a residue of other evidence they didn't want others to find, so they got rid of it, cleaned it up.
7: Like the equivalent of mopping blood off a floor or throwing away things that caught spatter.
1: Same principle, getting rid of evidence. They did the same in Harborough. They replaced the pavement in the alley where the briefcase appeared on New Year's.
11: What if it's more than that? What if these artifacts have some effect on the things around them? Maybe they infect them or pollute them in some fashion. For example, think of radiation. You're suggesting that they cause
1: the wasps nearby to mutate?
11: Something like that. Some weird physics thing. It's a hunch.
1: It's a weird physics thing. Hmm. That's somewhat an interesting idea.
11: Would it be more interesting if you had thought of it?
1: Maybe. Let's pretend I did.
7: Hey, that is pretty cool.
11: You're not as amusing as you think you are, Garrett.
7: Is that why they removed the pies? The pies?
1: The pies? Did you say pies? Why, yes. He did. The Sheriff's pies, of course.
7: They're on the shelves in the Sheriff's morgue room. When the D.O.S. took Mr. Cook's remains, they took the shelves. And the pies, too. Everything around it.
8: Hmm.
1: But those things weren't exposed to a paradox artifact. They were exposed to Mr. Cook. And Mr. Cook was exposed to a paradox artifact.
8: Several.
7: Whatever the effect is, it spreads.
8: Do you have any leads as to where to look for Neil Practor? Shouldn't that be the focus right now?
7: He couldn't have gone far without a car. He abandoned it in a remote area last night. Maybe to give the impression that he was leaving town, hitching a ride.
11: I doubt he put much thought into it. He more likely did that on impulse from his unstable emotions.
7: Did the HMS provide anything
1: useful? None much. The logging was turned off by Proctor.
11: No logging means no accounting. If there was a record of his mood swings, he would have to face it. He can't.
6: There should have been something in the HMS memory. The systems log even when they don't.
1: They have seldom let the HMS run at all, unless he needed something specific from it.
3: Appreciation for one's dazzling HMS is not a term of the service contract.
1: Alas. That's the HMS.
11: Stanley. He thinks highly of himself.
3: Low self-esteem would not be conducive
11: to my performance. It's getting dark now and Neil Practor will turn up somewhere.
7: We should get out there, but not before we set up some perimeter surveillance here. Practor might chance another return.
1: He won't be coming back here.
7: He took such a risk coming back earlier that there must be something that he wants. He could make another attempt.
11: I would say there's nothing left here for him.
7: Okay, so what changed between then and now?
1: Daryl did. Neil Praktor came back to do something which he had probably done a hundred times before. He came back to apologize. Now he knows that it's too late for that.
0: Pangly Creek, Mainland. Old Temple Road. Time, 11.16 p.m.
7: I honestly think we've done all we can do for one night. We can't keep calling people and knocking on doors at this hour. This guy might have settled in the woods somewhere. I don't think so. There's nothing in his background which points to survivalist skills. But he has lived out in the country all his life. He could be anywhere out there.
11: He has a low tolerance for discomfort, physical or emotional, beyond what he regularly experiences. It doesn't take much to push him over his line. Right now, he's completely unanchored. He's going to end up somewhere.
7: Even though he's become conscious of the wasps?
11: Any risk to others will be one worth taking because his comfort is more important. I just wish we knew where he would go to find it.
7: No one on the list of relatives or known friends and acquaintances stood out to me. Not for you or Garrett, either. Otherwise, we wouldn't be out here trying to squeeze leads out of profiling his psyche.
11: (gasps) Whoa, shit. Sorry. Oh, God, that was close. Uh, You okay?
7: Are you okay? What just happened?
11: I missed the deer. Uh... At least I think it was a deer, one big one. Scared me to death.
7: Deer? Where? You saw a deer?
11: You didn't see that huge thing flash on the headlight beams? It was right in front of us.
7: No. I didn't see anything. And I was watching. Believe me, these woods spooked the shit out of me.
11: So you're saying that I crashed the car for what? Shits and giggles? I
7: didn't say that. I believe you saw something. I guess I missed it. That's all. Briggs
1: it's Garrett. Have you checked your inbox? We've got a break. Neil Proctor made a call ten minutes ago and Agent Resnick traces it to 1314 Aurora Run in Cormac.
11: What?
7: We've got him. He made a cell call. Uh-oh. Aurora Run. Where's that?
1: It's on the south side of Cormac. Whereabouts are you?
7: I see a sign down the road that says, Welcome to Forbes.
1: Hmm. You're quite a distance. That's all the way on the opposing side of Penley Creek to the north. Oh, shit. Car trouble?
7: A bit, yeah. How close are you to the address?
1: Oh, I'm almost there. A minute or two. So I gotta
11: go. I'll let you know how it turns out. Wait, what? No, Garrett, do not go in there Got without. The oh.
0: Boy. Cormac. Mainland. 1314 Roller Run Road. Come on. Come on. Come on.
1: Come on. on. Hello again, Mr. Practor. Ah! Uh, Remember me? I'm FIS Special Agent Nick Garrett. I have to reiterate that, of course, to be sure you understand, but I think you do. So, where were we? Stay away from me. Stay back. Don't come any closer. I could hit you with a phaser pulse from here. I don't need to get any closer. I hope you won't make me do that, though. It could home. affect your ability to talk, which is what I want to <laughs> I do right now. You saw what happened last time. You saw what happened last time, aren't you stupid?
3: Are you stupid?
1: The wasps are outside and the windows are closed. We have a little bit of time left. There should be enough time for a small chat, I think. I hope. Are you crazy? Relative to what? What do you want? How did the argument between you and Daryl start last night? Was it over whether to report the human remains you found? Or did it have more to do with the device you found? That thing, as you called it, which you took from the junkyard? A saucer-shaped device with complicated controls? Oh, you know what it is. You know what it is. You don't. That's why you brought it to your old friend, Stephen Ridge. The one who used to own this house, but who I now see is still living here. Judging from this room, he's very technological, not to mention heavily conspiracist. He might have even identified it for what it is. I don't care what it is, I just want it to stop! Where is it, Mr. Proctor? Is it with Steven Ridge? That's who you've been trying to call?
9: I want it to stop! Do you know how to make it stop?
1: The wasps? You're the one controlling them, so only you can make them stop. Unfortunately, I think they're linked to your emotions, which you have no experience controlling. So it could be tricky. When did you become aware of the wasps? When I grabbed it. When you grabbed what?
3: When I grabbed it, I grabbed it. I saw the freaking thing levitating and spinning there, and I told Daryl to stay away from it. He took it, and I grabbed it out of his hands. That's what made a weird sound, and we heard the the wasps. I didn't know they followed us until we got home. I didn't know.
1: Are you saying you oh. left it in the junkyard?
3: I told Steven where to find it. He went back and forth. I wish we never went there that night.
1: Just for his stupid art, I wish none of it happened. It's done now, and you didn't think that poorly of Daryl's art? When you had your destructive rampage to the house, you caused no damage to the art pieces. To me, this suggests remorse for losing your temper with Daryl and abusing him. But it wasn't the first time. It likely wouldn't have been the last time.
9: Why are you saying this? You're an FIS agent, what do you know about me? What the hell do you know? What the
3: hell do you know? I
1: think you'd be surprised at how mysterious you aren't. His heart... His freaking heart got him killed and led to all of this. No, technically that was your temper, but you don't want to own it. By the way, you know what Daryl's art was saying, don't you? thought of himself as used, abused, worthless, abandoned. He identified with junk, which he rearranged into new, interesting configurations to demonstrate how it can be beautiful from the right perspective. It was a metaphor for himself. You didn't really see that either, did you? I'm sorry for both of you.
9: Get out of here. Get out of here. You want to live? Go. Are you that screwed up that you don't even know to be afraid? GOOOOO! No! Go! No, Go! No, Go! No, Go! No,
1: you no. both know that I'll probably live. After all, the wasps aren't coming for me now, are they? That's why I'm not afraid. That's also why I'm going to dial emergency services right now. Because the glass in those windows...
4: Thank you for listening to this episode of Edict Zero FIS. Music and ambience heard on the show come from Kevin McLeod, Nine Inch Nails, How to Destroy Angels, ERH, and Salatus. Other music and sound effects come from Public domain, show producer and Slipgate 9 Studio resources, as well as material released freely on the internet through such venues as the Internet Archive. Look to the show credits on the website for more information. This episode is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States License. For more information on Edict Zero FIS, visit its home at edictzero.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening.
9: you like thrillers, action, adventure, mystery, crime drama? Well, you're in luck, because here on the Mutual Audio Network, we have Thursday thrillers. You can subscribe and have a dose of adrenaline-pumping audio every Thursday from your favorite podcast player. Get it here now.